Welcome to Passion Life Church. And welcome to Passion Life Church. We're so glad that you're here this morning on this great Sunday morning. And we are continuing an incredible series called My Faith, My Future. I hope you're doing well. I hope that your family's doing well. I hope that also maybe you got your Bible, your device, your iPad, or maybe even a uh, notepad if you're doing a little old school to take some notes. I really believe that today God's going to speak to us in this series. I hope you enjoyed last week with Rex Crane. It was absolutely amazing. And uh, today we're going to dive into part two of my faith, my future. You know, this whole series is really starting to look forward and looking beyond today. That's what I wanted to do in this series. I wanted to start to, to look forward. You know, if Jesus isn't, doesn't come back soon, tomorrow is actually coming. And tomorrow's here, the future, I like to say the future starts right now. And God is thinking about our future. I love what Jeremiah 29, 11 says. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, one translation of that says that God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards us. In other words, his thoughts are coming towards you this morning. He hasn't forgot about us. Amen. I'm so thankful. Anybody thankful that he has not forgot about us? He has not forgot about us, but his thoughts are coming towards you. And it says thoughts to prosper you. One translation says thoughts of peace. You know, that word peace in the Hebrew means health, welfare, and every type of good. His thoughts are coming towards you. And it says thoughts of a hope and a future. You know, I love what Jeremiah does here, though, because he puts hope and future together. Hope and future together. And not only do hope and future go together, but hope and faith go together. I think a lot of people are trying to have faith without hope. You can't do that. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, that now faith, in other words, faith starts now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith starts right in your now, in your present. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what your now looks like, but I will tell you this, your faith and your believing has to start now. But it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me tell you what hope is. Hope is is a positive expectation of good. Hope is a positive expectation of good. I love what Zachariah said in the Old Testament. He said, I am a prisoner of hope. In other words, Zachariah said, I am a prisoner of a positive expectation. And so it starts now. Faith starts now, right? And is the substance of things hoped for. I like to say this, since hope is our expectation, it's like in the studio that we're at, somebody got plans and put them together. Hope is like the plans. Hope is like the blueprint that the architect put together, right? That is the hope. It's, it's large. It's big. It's the plan. But faith is the substance, sub means come under. In other words, what is holding up this expectation, this structure is the cement, right? And that cement is your believing. Your believing and acting and speaking is faith that is substance that brings your hope 
to pass. What are you hoping for? I got to tell you, in these times, it's so easy to lose hope. But I want to be a hope dealer today. I want to give you hope. I want to tell you what God says about you. Because here's the truth. God has thoughts of future and hope. There is a future that God has for you. But here's the reality. We're going to access that future how? By faith. My faith, my future my faith, my future. And what I want to do today is I want to encourage you to remember the visions and the word that God has given you this year and maybe a couple years ago. I came into 2020 with vision. I came into 2020 excited, you know, but it seems like things are just kind of stalling out. People are getting stuck, but I don't want you to get stuck in your vision. And so I've entitled today, give me my mountain. I want you to say that with me. Give me my mountain. If somebody's watching with you, just come on, give them a little shove. If you're sitting on the couch, maybe by yourself, just give that pillow a shove or something or throw it off the, the living room couch and say, give me my mountain. Now I want to get you, I want you to say with a little bit of faith, say, give me my mountain. If you have your Bibles, turn to Joshua chapter 16. We're going to begin reading in verse six, Joshua chapter 16 and verse six. And here's what I want to do. I want to look into the lives of two men who had vision, who had promises of God, but it seemed like life got stuck. And it got stuck for a, a plethora of reasons. But I think that their lives can really speak to us today. That's what I love to do. I love to look into the Bible. I like to put myself in their sandals or in their shoes and see, man, what was it about their life? How can these people that we're going to look at, Joshua and Caleb, we're going to look at their lives. How did they access their future? How did they access the promise of God that he had for them when other people didn't? Because there is a choice. Faith is a choice that we make, right? And they had faith, even though others didn't, even though that there was giants and obstacles in, in, the, uh, in the land, they accessed the future. And as you're turning to Joshua 14, let me just tell you what's happening. They are on the precipice of the promised land. This is actually the children of Israel's second attempt to go into the promised land. The first time they weren't able to go in. And I'm going to share a little bit why. But here they are. They're on the precipice. They're on the edge about to step into what God has for them. And let's look at Joshua's and Caleb's life. Hopefully they'll inspire you today because they walked into their destiny. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. It says, The children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephna, the Kenzanite, and said to him, You know the word of the Lord, which, said, which the Lord said to Moses and the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old. This is Caleb talking to Moses. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, this is actually Caleb talking to Joshua, excuse me. Caleb's talking to Joshua. He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. Listen to this. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. 
Verse 8, nevertheless, my brethren, there were people, my brethren, who went up with me, they, they that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed after the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10, and now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. Anybody excited and thankful that God has kept us alive? And now Behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, come on, somebody say 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke his word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, and as yet I am as strong this day, on this day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. Come on, say, give me this mountain. He said, give me this mountain which the Lord in that day spoke. For you heard in that day how the Anakin were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. Let me tell you what happened. 45 years ago, Caleb was talking, he's 85, but 45 years ago, the children of Israel were in Egypt. They were slaves. They had gotten there, if you remember in the Old Testament, by Joseph. Joseph brought his family there because there was a famine and Egypt was was a great, the most powerful nation in the world. But as they stayed there over the years, that family began to grew, grow. That was the people of God. And as they began to grow, the Egyptians got afraid because the Hebrew people began to multiply, right? God's people began to multiply, and so Pharaoh was concerned and they were concerned about, you know, these people. So they made them slaves. They made them work. They oppressed them. They beat them. You know what I love, though? God says in Exodus chapter three, you can read it later, that he actually saw, God saw the affliction of his people. I want to encourage you today that God sees what's going on. He sees what's going on in your, in your life. But here's what the Bible says. It says that God heard their cries. See, God sees what's going on in our life, but this is where prayer has to be activated in our life. We need to ask God, not just see, a lot of people just say, well, you know, doesn't God see what's going on? Of course God sees what's going on, but here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to express your petition, your need to him. That's why the Bible says, you have not because you ask not, right? So yes, God sees, but faith has to declare. Faith has an ask, right? I like to say faith has a big ask, right? A-S-K, it has an ask, but God saw their affliction and he heard their cry. And little did the children of Israel know that in the wilderness, there was Moses. Moses was gonna be their deliverer and a burning bush 
God would appear to Moses in a burning bush. Do you remember that? And he began to speak vision into Moses' life. And he says, listen, I'm calling you. I hear the cries of my people. I see their affliction and I want to deliver them. Is anybody thankful that we have a God that wants to deliver us, that wants to deliver you? Oh, I love that. And he told Moses, he says, I want to bring them up and out of that land. That's the God that we serve. It's the God that wants to bring us up and out and he wants to deliver us. I love that. Love that he wants to do that. And then it says this, he told Moses, watch, here's the vision. I want to take them to a land that's flowing with milk and honey. And God did that. He freed them from Egypt and he took them out. And the Bible says that he didn't take them a certain way where they had to actually fight because they weren't ready to fight. The Bible says that they took, he took his children the way of the Red Sea. And I can just imagine them coming out of Egypt being so excited and them standing at the Red Sea going, where are we going? We feel stuck, right? But Moses stretched out his rod and God opened the Red Sea. You know what I found so interesting is that there was a reason that God didn't take them another way to the promised land. And the Bible tells us because they weren't ready. But here's what the plan was. See, sometimes we can feel stuck and we don't understand what God's plan was. But see, God knew all along that Pharaoh, let me say this, Pharaoh represents their past. Pharaoh was coming after them. You know, there's a struggle for your life. There's a fight for your future. You know, just because God delivered them from Pharaoh doesn't mean Pharaoh's not going to come back after the children of Israel. Can I just tell you that God has delivered us from our past. We are forgiven and we are free. But I don't know about you, but sometimes our past just starts coming back, right? But God had a plan for their past. God had a plan for the, his children's enemies. And that here was the plan. The plan was that they would die in the Red Sea. You know, can I just encourage you to give your past to God? Let him deal with your past and all of Pharaoh's army, right? They wouldn't let the Israelites go, but you know what? God opened up the Red Sea and allowed them to drown. He drowned their past. And you know the story. They went on to get the Ten Commandments and they moved forward towards the vision towards the purpose, towards the destiny that God had for their life, and they come to the promised land. This was what God had for their life. And I want to tell you, God has a vision. God has destiny for your life. Let's not get sidetracked. Let's not lose sight of the vision and the purpose that God has placed in our hearts. And as they get on the edge of the promised land for the very first time, Moses sends 12 spies to go spy it out. You say, Phil, why would God tell Moses to send 12 spies into the land? I'll tell you why. Because we serve a God that loves vision. Vision is so important. See, he wanted to send these spies into the land. Why? So it would inspire them to give them a vision of the future. He really did. And so he wanted them to see what a new life would look like. And he wanted them. He wanted them to get inspired. It's kind of like when you go to the movies and you see the preview of the movies that are to come and they show you just enough to get you inspired. Man, this land that God had for them, this destiny that God had for them, it was amazing. It was truly incredible. It flowed with milk and honey. Let me just say it this way. In other words, we could say it was a land that actually promoted health and prosperity. And you know, when the spies came back, they brought back these huge grapes, 
huge grapes from the land. They were so big that two men actually had to take a pole and they had to um, walk and put uh, the pole on one of their shoulders and the other one had to put another one on his shoulders because they were so they were so big. Come on, somebody. They were organic, gluten-free, grass-fed grapes. You would have loved them, right? And you know what the scripture says, right? Who gluten has set free is free indeed. And they had these huge grapes the size of basketballs and it was the fruit of the land. And they saw it. It was a good land. But let me just tell you this. It's amazing to me that 12 people can look at the same vision, can look at the same set of circumstances and see different things. 10 spies came back and you know what? They didn't see fruitfulness. They didn't see this incredible land. They saw negative things. They saw obstacles. They started talking about how the walls were so big. There was giants. They saw giants. And there was giants in the land. And you know what? They began to say how the people were strong there. You know what? Can I be honest with you? There were fortified walls. There was giants. There was strong people in this land. Let me tell you why. It, it, it was a land that promoted health and prosperity. What do you expect? Of course the people were going to be strong. I think it would be a different scenario if they walked into the promised land, right? And they looked and they saw all of these weak, emaciated people. And they're like, wow, there's some weak people here. No, the land promoted strong people. This is why God was calling them into that land. And I want to encourage you because as you look and have a vision for the future, I want to tell you there's going to be opposition that's going to come from the enemy. He's not just going to let you walk into your future. He's not just going to let you have a peaceful, calm marriage. No, he's going to send giants your way. Why? Because he wants to intimidate you. Can I just tell you, this is what giants are all about. See, the children of Israel looked into this land and they saw giants. And this is what giants do. Giants try to intimidate you out of the promises of God and they're going to try to kill your future. They're going to try to kill your future. And let me just tell you, you're going to have to deal with giants in your life. You're going to have to fight for your future. Now, here's what we know from the Bible. The fight is for our faith, my faith, my future, right? The battle was for their faith and it's for your faith. But can I just tell you, as you begin to remember the vision that God has for you, as you begin to walk into your future, guess what? Giants of fear are going to rise up. Listen, giants of financial lack are going to rise up. Let me just tell you about this giant, the giant of inadequacy. I can't do that. Wow, this vision is too big, man. God's words promises, they're his promises. They just sound too good to be true. But listen, I want to expose giants today and I want to show you how to defeat them because look at what the, the 10 negative spies said about the giants. This is going to tell us Numbers chapter 13, verse 33. It says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Listen, I want you to hear what they're saying. We're going to learn a lot from this today. Listen, these 10 negative spies are saying this. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were 
in their sight. Watch this. Are you ready? Here's what giants do. Giants are great revealers in our life. What do they reveal, Pastor Phil? Giants reveal what you actually think about yourself. They actually reveal what you're thinking about yourself. I think it's so amazing that all of a sudden these spies that were sent in, all of a sudden, I mean, when I think of spies, I think of James Bond. I think of strong men. I think of people who are crafty, you know, who who, um, can go up against the enemy. But look what happened. As soon as the giant comes out, guess what's revealed for these 10 negative spies? All of a sudden, they say this. Um, We were like grasshoppers. Okay, when did the grasshoppers mentality, when did the grasshopper complex come out? Guess when it came out? When they saw the giants. That's why I like to say this. Giants reveal the grasshopper in you or giants will reveal the overcomer in you. Come on, somebody. Let me say that again. Giants are either going to reveal the grasshopper in you or giants are going to reveal the overcomer, the giant killer in you. You know what I find interesting is that because these 10 negative spies didn't see themselves as God saw them, they didn't access what God had for them. I'm going to say that again. I'm dropping some gold here today. Listen, because they didn't see themselves as God saw them, overcomers, giant killers, they never walked into the land that God had them. I'm going to tell you one of the biggest giants that raises his ugly head is the giant that tries to make you doubt your identity in Christ, of who you are in Christ. Can I just tell you more than spies, more than strong people, tactical men of war that these men were, they were God's people. They were overcomers. Now listen, this scripture and what they said, in our own sight, we were like grasshoppers. And, right, so we were in their sight. Listen, listen, how you see yourself determines how you relate to other people. Let me say that again. How you see yourself. If I don't have a God view of me, if I don't see myself as God sees me, I can't, it's going to determine how I relate to other people, whether I'm bold, whether I'm strong, whether I know that I'm righteous, right? But here's what giants do. They reveal. Can I just ask you, we're facing this giant of coronavirus. What have you learned about yourself? In the last four or five weeks, what have you learned about yourself? This giant of coronavirus, COVID-19, is a revealer. People are going crazy with fear. People are, I'll tell you what, there's fear being revealed in people that they didn't know that they have. Isn't it interesting, though, that Joshua and Caleb saw the same land? saw the same giant. And here's what they said. Those giants will be bread for us. You know, what's interesting is I wondered why that the spies said, we're like grasshoppers. Well, I did some study. 
back then and still even today, grasshoppers are a delicatessen. People like to eat grasshoppers. And when you look at the exchange of words, they're actually talking about eating because they say we're like grasshoppers. In other words, these people are just going to eat us up. And Joshua and Caleb said, uh-uh, because what, watch what happens. The overcomer was revealed in Joshua and Caleb. And here's what they said. They'll be bread for us. That's why even later on, the spies will say, this is a, a land that just devours the people that are inside. In other words, it eats it up. And Joshua and Caleb are like, uh-uh, we're not going to be eaten up. We, they will be like bread for them. We will eat them up. Can I tell you something else that, that, that um, giants do? Giants, I just like to say it this way. Let's just be honest. Giants reveal the wimp in you or the warrior in you. That's what giants do. They're just exposing what's already in your heart. They're just revealing when you look at something that's so big and so powerful. You know, crisis reveals character. Yeah, crisis. Who are you in this? Who are you? What is your character like? For me, in the last five weeks, I've gotten more bold. Man, I've gotten more faithful. What about you? You know, I think about, (coughs) excuse me. I think about in the Old Testament, another giant killer. His name was David, right? He killed Goliath, right? One of the most famous stories in the Bible, right? David was told by his father to go out to the battlefield and take some cheeses and bread to his brothers who were in the... Now, David wasn't in the fight. He was at home taking care of the sheep. But even in that, he was killing a lion. He killed a bear, right? But he went out. To, get, to bring some food uh, to his brothers. And his dad even asked him, said, hey, see how your brothers are doing? So he gets out there and he's talking with some of the men, sees his brothers, and all of a sudden, a giant presents itself. His name was Goliath. And you know what David's first response was to Goliath? He looks at Goliath and this is what he says. He says, what do I get for killing that dude? That's his first response. He asks, he hears men talking about the giant and what happens if that giant, and David's like, okay, tell me again. What do I get if I kill that giant? And then one of the men says, you get no taxes. You don't have to pay any taxes in your family for the rest of your life. He's like, Jesus, I feel the Holy Spirit. And then somebody says, and you get to marry the king's daughter. Woo-hoo! David's like, she fine. She is hot. I'm going to kill that dude. That was his response. And you know what was interesting? Is that then he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he said, I'm going to kill him. Do you know that when Goliath presented himself, it revealed the giant slayer, the giant killer, and the overcomer that was in David? Listen, watch this. All the men of the Israel army, right? The ninjas of the Israel army, the special forces of the Israel army. The Bible says they stood there in fear because here's what they saw. They saw a big problem, but David saw a big opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me, my friends. Listen, David killing Goliath launched him into his future. It launched him into his future. And here's what I want to encourage you with today. Listen, your future resides on the other side of the giants that you need to kill.
And some, for some of us, there's different giants that are approaching us. See, my giant may not be fear. Your giant may be fear, right? And I really believe that you're just one giant away from stepping into this next season. Can I just tell you and break it down in real life? Here's a giant that I had to face. I grew up all my life with a poverty mentality. It came down from my family, right? There was a poverty mentality. It was a huge giant in our lives. I mean, I, I just think about my dad and my mom and my mom would need a toaster, just like a toaster would be broken. And so my dad would go to the thrift shop and I have nothing against going down to thrift shops. I like them. I like going there and finding some of my clothes. I have nothing against thrift shops, but let me just say this. He would go down and buy a toaster. It was used. And he would bring it back to my mom. My mom would use it for a week or two. That toaster would break. Guess what? Instead of going and buying a new toaster, he would go back to the thrift shop, get another toaster. We went through three or four toasters. We could have just bought a brand new toaster. But because of the poverty mentality, listen, the poverty mentality, right, is a mentality that always feels inadequate. Listen, it hoards and at the basis is fear. It's the basis is fear. And let me tell you something about the poverty mentality. It has the wrong perspective about prosperity. Let me say it this way. The poverty mentality has the wrong perspective about money, right? I hear people quote this all the time. Money is the root of all evil. No, it's not. The love of money is the root of all evil. But the poverty mentality says it's wrong to have money. No, listen, how can you bless somebody else if you are not blessed, right? And I think it's because, again, we have the wrong perspective. We read the Bible when Jesus said, blessed is the poor in spirit. Somehow the poverty mentality says you're blessed to be poor. I've talked to a lot of poor people and nobody has said they're blessed. He's not talking about poor financially. He's talking about poor in spirit. What does that mean? That means that I acknowledge the poverty of my own soul, that I need a savior. But I had to overcome the giant of of the poverty mindset. And you know how you, you have to do it? You have to do it by giving. See, there's a lot of people who are rich, but they have a poverty mindset. They're not generous. And this is what I love about David, because when David fought Goliath, not only did he kill him, he cut his head off. You know what that means? He's like, I'm not letting and allowing this giant to get back up in my life. You know how I slayed the giant of a poverty mentality? I begin to tithe. I begin to give. Even in this season, man, there's a, a, just a mantra that's been in my mind. So in every season, why? Because I'm going to slay that giant of a poverty mentality. Listen, I thank God that when I needed, people gave and people blessed me. But now it's time for me to be the blessor, not just the blessee, not just the taker, but the giver. And you know what? Some people never experience the joy of living because they never experienced the joy of giving. And I'm telling you today that if you're going to walk into your future, you're going to have to slay some of these giants in your life. And here's the great thing. When God gives you a vision, when he gives you the vision for the promised land, he also gives you the victory over any opposition that comes with that vision. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good 
today. Let me tell you another thing that happens when giants start to reveal themselves. Giants, when they begin to stand up in your life, they reveal either faith or fear. They reveal either faith or fear. I want to tell you, the giants are going to stand up and try to intimidate you out of the promises of God and kill your future. Let me tell you something about fear. Fear exaggerates. When you hear what the spies said, oh, the land devours, devours its inhabitants. Okay, so the land, does it devour the inhabitants? Or you said the people are also strong. Which one is it? They begin to exaggerate because they begin to believe the wrong things, right? It, it, the truth was there was giants. The truth was the people were strong. The truth was there was fortified city. Listen, let me just tell you this. Faith doesn't deny the facts. Faith doesn't deny the facts. Faith just doesn't focus on the facts. It focuses on the promises of God. See, fear compares the giants to me, but faith compares the giants to, to God. See, here's what they didn't know. Here's what the spies didn't know. Listen, and here's what the children of Israel didn't know. The giants were actually scared of the children of Israel. You know why? Because when they go in the second time, they actually tell them, they say, listen, we heard what God did in Egypt. We heard how you guys came through the Red Sea. We heard about the miracles and they were scared. Can I just encourage you today that it's your faith that's going to access the future. It's your faith in God and his promises that are going to slay that giant. The Bible says you are more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Are you getting something out of this today? Now listen, the 10 spies with their negative report. I want you to listen to this because I think this is so powerful. We've got to learn from this. 10 spies come back with a fearful report and guess what happens? 2 million people walk away from the vision that God had for them. Two million people walk away from this incredible life that God had for them. They actually begin to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Let me say it this way, because it's the truth. You know what happened? Two million people died in the wilderness wandering because they never accessed their future by faith, right? And just like faith is con contagious, so is fear. Now listen, these 10 people with a negative report got 2 million people to walk away. Man, that's a huge majority. You know, I don't know what the death toll, the latest death toll from coronavirus is right now. I think they're saying 50,000 people. Well, let me just tell you this, 2 million people died of fear in the desert. I have decided I'm not going to die in the desert. Whew. Let me say it again. I have decided I'm not going to die in the desert. You know, the Bible says that Caleb told Joshua when those negative spies came back and they said their negative report, it melted the hearts of people. Listen, I want to help you. This is one of the ways that we can defeat giants is you've got to analyze who you're listening to. I don't listen to people who are melting my heart. I listen to people who are motivating my heart. I hang around people of faith, not negative Nancys. Come on, not negative Nicks. No, uh-uh. I'm hanging out with people who are motivating my heart. 
But you know what was interesting to me is that in all of this, and here's why I want to close. It's interesting to me that in all of this, Joshua and Caleb didn't get to go into the promised land the first time. Yeah, you know, their future, they thought it looked a certain way. They thought it was going to happen at a certain time. But you know what? Their future didn't go as planned. I don't know about you, but this isn't the future that I thought about for 2020. Did you? Uh Uh-uh. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think about that other people's decisions were going to affect my life. I want you to think about this for a moment. Joshua and Caleb's whole life was affected by the decisions of other people. Listen, man, when I think about this, it really inspires me about them. They had to spend 40 years walking with people who were wandering and didn't want to go and access their future. Their lives were affected by the decisions of other people. You know, and I think that's kind of where we're at. That's where I'm at today. You know, what's interesting is I've never had the flu. Not once. I've been sick, right? But I've never had the flu. I live by faith. I believe like what happened with Jesus is that every time something that was unclean touched Jesus, it became clean. That's who we are. We're overcomers. I've never had the flu. But listen, I've got to be quarantined in my house, right? Because of the decisions of other people, because of the health of other people. And this isn't the future that I wanted. And this is where Caleb and Joshua were. Listen, for 40 years, they didn't access the promise that they knew was in their heart. You know, for some of us, it's been five weeks. I know it feels like five months, six weeks, six months. Let me just tell you, Joshua and Caleb, it was 40 years. 40 years. Let me just say this. When you're in the wilderness walking, it's very easy to forget the promises of God. When you're walking in the wilderness, it's very easy to forget the vision that God has put in your life. And maybe today you're like me. Your life has been affected by other people. Listen, maybe you loved your career. You loved your job, but you were let go. And you were let go wasn't your decision. It was the decision of your boss or of the company, and they let you go. Or what about this? You loved your spouse. You loved your spouse, but they had an affair. And now your life and the consequences that have come to your life are because of the decisions that have come or made by other people. Hey, Joshua and Caleb can relate to you. You know, this is something I don't think we talk about a lot in life that, you know, a lot of times my life is, is subject, right, to the decisions that I made. The consequences that come in my life are because of the decisions I made. But we don't talk about a lot that sometimes our lives are in the place that it is because of the decisions of other people outside of our control. This is where Joshua and Caleb was. But listen, can I encourage you? They made a decision. We're not going to die in this desert. And they begin to remind themselves of the vision. Caleb reminded himself of the mountain that he saw and the vision. And let me just tell you, if you're if you feel like you're in a wilderness, let me encourage you. Don't forget God's word in the wilderness. 
Listen, I feel like that. I feel like, don't you feel like sometimes like we're wandering? Like, what's the plan? What are we doing? Government, what are the phases? Come on. But let me just remind you, God has a plan. I love this story because it's one of the greatest comeback stories in the Bible. Because listen, and I hope this encourages you as we close today. Moses, their leader, dies. A whole generation of people die because they didn't access their future. I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to access my future and I'm not going to die without stepping into what God has for me in my life. But Moses had died and Joshua is the new leader. And you know what? God speaks to Joshua again. Look at this. I think this is so incredible. Joshua 1, 2. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. I want to tell you, that's the word right now. Get ready. Future is coming. Let's grab it. Let's access it. He says, get ready to cross the Jordan. Listen, the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give you and to the Israelites. I want you to notice something right here. God didn't change the vision. God didn't change his word. Listen, God didn't change the address of the promised land. Mm -mm, He didn't. It was the same promise. It was the same place. It was the same future. And he came back to Joshua and he says, I'm reminding you to get ready for the vision. Get ready to walk in it. I love it. God didn't change the vision. Now, maybe you've changed. Maybe I've changed, but I don't want to change. I want to keep the vision and the word. Here's what I'm praying for. I'm praying that God would renew that vision and revitalize the vision. Now watch, and I won't pray. Caleb walks into the land, right? He didn't lose sight of his mountain. 45 years later. I can't even wait sometimes 45 seconds for the microwave. 45 years later, they come upon the mountain. The future's coming. It's coming. Tomorrow's coming. And the vision's going to happen. Listen, and Caleb tells Joshua, give me my mountain. Watch what God does. This is what I believe God's going to do for you and for me. Caleb says, give me my mountain. Listen, when we were here 45 years ago, Now I'm 85 years old and I'm just as strong as I was then. Can I tell you what God did in Caleb's life and he's going to do in your life? God redeemed the time. Oh, God redeemed the time. Listen, (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm going into battle, I'm not calling grandpa. I'm not calling an 85 year old man to go into battle, but Caleb said, he said, I feel like a 45-year-old man. I have the strength, and I'm going to conquer that mountain, not by himself, but with the power of God. And here's what I want to encourage you today, that God is going to redeem the time. In five or six weeks, I'll tell you what, that is nothing to God. And God wants to redeem the time and he wants to revitalize the vision that he's put inside your life today. I want to pray for you today. I want you to hold fast to the mountain and say, God, give me that mountain. Let's not lose sight of the mountain, the vision 
light that you have for me. Would you bow your heads for just a moment and let's just pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I'm praying for people today, Lord, all different circumstances, all different situations, God. And Lord, but I know this, without a vision, people perish. Lord, and so there are some here today, they've never had a vision. They've never had a vision or for future for what you have for their life. And I pray that right now as they're watching this, that vision, Lord, would be realized in their life. A godly vision, not just a vision for themselves, but a godly vision, Lord, that you have for them. And then those of them, Lord, and those of us who've had vision that you've spoken over our lives, Lord, I pray that it would be revitalized today in front of us. Lord, that you would redeem the time in people's lives with every head out and every eye closed. I want to just say a prayer. You know, I just feel God's presence. I feel a freshness, a newness. Lord, I pray that we wouldn't just see through sight, but we would see through vision, Father God. We don't just see obstacles, Lord, but we, we don't just see opposition, Lord, but we see the position of who you've called us to be. And Lord, the overcomers, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, that financial lack, Father, will be erased in Jesus' name for people's lives. Lord, that you provide provision for the vision that you have for people's lives. I thank you for the great people of Passion Life Church, Lord, that you are invigorating them today. Remind them of the words that you've spoken to them. Listen, just for a moment, just stay in this attitude of prayer. I I never know who's watching these. I'm praying that you're sharing these with your friends and that maybe you're watching today and you've never really even been to a church service or really haven't, you know, dived into this whole God thing. I want to pray with you because the whole reason that God sent his son to die on the cross for you was so you could be forgiven and you could be free. You won't have to live your lives as slaves like the children of God in Egypt who were being told what to do, told when to do it. But God would deliver them to a life of freedom. And I'm going to tell you, there's freedom. There's victory over giants. I don't know what addiction you may be facing today, but I want to tell you, here's the answer. Inviting Jesus to come inside your heart. And I want to pray with you. If you say, Pastor Phil, I, I'm not sure if I've ever asked Jesus into my heart. I didn't know I should. I, I didn't know I could. I want to pray with you today. And here's how we access the future. Here's how we access the, the faith, the salvation that God has for us by faith believing that God is who he said he is, that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for our sins. And then when he died, he rose again. And today, he wants to spend eternity with you. He wants to spend heaven with you. But not only that, he wants to live inside your heart today. I want to pray for you. If you've never prayed this prayer, or maybe today you're rededicating your life back to, to him, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with faith. Pray it strong. Say this. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, come on, say it, to die on the cross for me. Father God, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I repent today. Come inside my heart. I open the door to my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you into the family of God. I hope that you've enjoyed our time together today. Listen, as we close out, 
I want to give all of us an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. You know, every Passion Life Church service, we take up an offering. And for those of you that are a part of Passion Life Church, this is a great opportunity for you to give your tithes and your offerings. We have a couple of giving options that we're going to place on the screen. And I want you to take out your, your smartphone and you can just simply text PLC Marietta to 77977. So simple. It's actually as secure as online banking. And uh, maybe you've never given this way, but I'll tell you what, it's time to give digitally. But I believe that what you're sowing in this season is a seed for your future, right? It's what you believe about the future that God has for you. This is one of the ways we access the future. You can also simply give by going out to our website, passionlifechurch.com. Hit the give button just at the top there. And it'll show you where you can mail your checks in if you want to do that. Some people are doing that. And I want to say thank you. Thank you so much for your giving. Thank you. And especially during this season, God, it's amazing to see how God is blessing people even in this season. And that is because you're not, you know, um, you're not retracting. You're not holding back your giving. And that tells me you have faith for your future. You can also download our app. It's very simple. PLC Marietta or Passion Life Church Marietta, wherever you download your apps. And we love our app because not only can you give there, but listen, if you download the app, you can listen to messages, not only on the app, but we're also on YouTube. And uh, listen, subscribe to the YouTube channel. But I want to tell you this, the app, you can send us prayer requests. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what God is doing in your life. Just simply download the app. Or you can just email us at info, I-N-F-O, at passionlifechurch.com. Info at passionlifechurch.com. Listen, we're standing with you today. And I believe that God is going to give you the mountain, just like he did for Caleb, the vision, the word that he's spoken over you. He hasn't changed it. It will come to pass. There is a hope. There is a future. Hey, we love you. Here's what I'm going to ask. Share today's message. You know, salvation is so easy today. You can just share a message with somebody and and let them know about Jesus. Put it on your Facebook page. Comment today. Listen, we love you and God bless you. And we will see you soon. Thanks for tuning in today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.